on Halftime, the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego from Fortiegos.com. And he's looking at me funny too because my chair just sank. I don't know how it did. It just decided to just go all the way down to the ground. It's a very unfortunate situation. Carlos Alberto Diego, good afternoon. How are you there, Half? They call that quicksand radio. <laughs> quicksand. By the way, yes. I was looking at you funny because I walked in and I'm oh. thinking, Fahid Ben Kalfalar's running the show today. What do you mean? With the beard going, you've got to actually put this out because it doesn't make for good radio, but you've got to get a photo of you right now. You've got the beard going. I know you're on holidays next week. You're sort of preparing for that, the laziness of holidays. <laughs> You've already got to the laziness stage right now. No, just preparation's the key. You Absolutely. Know, failing to prepare yeah. is preparing to fail. Yeah. But half, you, you have a, an uncanny resemblance to Fahid Ben Kalfalar with that <laughs> if beard. If I had the talent that young man's got, <laughs> I'd be very, very happy about I know. that, Carlos. I know. He's not even at his best at the moment. But, uh, but just on that point there, can we just congratulate... Melbourne victory again. We can. I, I had no doubt last week. I don't like telling people, I told you so. You did? Yeah. And people say, how can you say, uh, uh, they were going to win. We just knew that. And they, they, it was really comfortable in the end. Of course, uh, Perth were plucky in that second half. And, Bit of pluck. Yeah, they were. But you know, it's a final. Well, you're you expect, down. Yeah. You've got to fight. Absolutely. Stage, you, know, you come a long way from Perth. You, you've got to you have, a, have a crack at some stage. But, uh, but certainly, uh, congratulations to Melbourne victory. It was a, a fine, fine win. And uh, it, they're getting a reputation for the big, big games, the finals. They primed themselves up beautifully. There was no team that was not going to win that game other than victory that night. Um, unfortunately... Didn't seem to be too much doubt from the start. Yeah, no, no. When you've got the likes of, uh, you know, Bazanic running the midfield and well, you've got uh, Barisha up front, they, mate, they're all so hungry. Del Pierre, you know, uh, you, there's no point putting a GPS on that guy because he doesn't do much running. But he still. reads the game so beautifully. The number of interceptions just by standing in the right spot on the on that uh, on that Saturday night, I mean the guy's a class act. He's getting better and better all the time. Being still, I, it's funny you bring that up. I, I often talk about this through my coaching. Standing still sometimes is one of the most potent weapons you have because mm. you can you get to find the space, you get to see the space, and everyone is moving around you, and you get to assess it really clearly. Just for a little while, yeah. sometimes standing still is a really good thing to do. Mm-hmm. You don't run into other people's good space. Standing still is really powerful. And yeah. if you're a defender, and you don't want to stand still too often because someone's going to, particularly footy, someone's going to lead up and you're going to yeah. um, lose the ball to that player. But if you can assess it and, and have the ability to in, read it and intercept like Del Pierre does, and you're yeah. spot on, as you always are, Carlos, with this sort of stuff, it is such a powerful trait and yeah. skill to have. He's always had it since he, he he's he joined Victory, but I noticed particularly in the final. And the the uh, the relaxed nature of not only intercepting the ball, but just dishing it off to someone else and then just walking. <laughs> he doesn't even have to join in because he knows that his teammates are going to... I'll put him in a good spot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, I'm I, not going to be required yeah. here. And these days, you know, these days where they don't play with a sweeper, I mean, they do toggle across and someone goes to the ball and someone tucks in behind and keeps an eye on, on the other defender, on the other forward at the same time. But it's not an out-and-out sweeper the way we were used to in the 70s and maybe the 80s. Uh, so these guys have a responsibility not only to read the play but also pick up their men in, in, uh, in the, at the right time. And uh, he just seems to get that balance beautifully. When he needs to, uh, having said that against uh, City a couple of weeks ago, he got turned by Fornarelli, but uh, but that, you know, it's rare that that happens for, for such an excellent player that he is. He is pretty excellent. Mm. You mentioned Ollie Bazanic as well, and gee, I've been impressed with him. I didn't know much too much about him prior to this A-League season. I've seen him play little bits and pieces here and there, but not consistently. Mm. He is very impressive, isn't he? And half, he's not even at his best yet. 
uh, I, I saw him uh, before he joined the Swiss club uh, and he did really well when he first went there, went from the World Cup to the Swiss club and uh, uh, Lucerne, I think he played for. Uh, and uh, and he, he started off like a house on fire with scoring goals, just the uh, yeah, the archetypal European midfielder, box-to-box sort of stuff, getting yep. involved, scores goals. But then he got injured and uh, then he lost his way a little bit. That's why he's back at victory. But now he's re- re- sort of regaining that. But I saw him for the Socceroos against Holland when he came on in the World Cup, live in the stadium. And I don't know if you can appreciate it as much on TV, but when you see a, a, a kid in amongst world-class midfielders doing the business the way he did, I think he almost... Uh, from memory, he had an involvement in the penalty we got that Millie Ednek uh, put yeah. away. But when he came on, he almost changed the game. And this is a guy that no one knew anything about. Uh, it, it, we sort of knew about him in Australia, but no one knew about him anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, and or to step up and do what he did in that game, you think, gee, there's some real upside to this kid. So, well, he's, mm. he's got terrific upside, but he's mm. displaying a really high level of play too and an innate ability to read the game and, and be that, that guy mm. through the middle of the park, the general through the middle of the park to, to create as well as defend, Yep, which is a really, obviously, a great trait to have. Uh, leadership, you're talking about leadership before. Uh, Carl Valeri is the captain of the Melbourne victory, yes. and he wasn't able, due to his second red, second yellow slash red on Saturday night, to be on the trophy presentation dais to receive the FFA Cup, which Ian Robson brought in this morning with uh, KB, which yeah. is a very big trophy, mm. by the way, the FFA Cup. It's good, very impressive. He wasn't able to be there. Yeah. Is that the right thing? Carlos? Well, because the rule is that they're not allowed back onto the field of play. Now, yeah. from what I saw, the presentation was in the stands. The <laughs> I know. field of play yeah. is a white line yeah. around the ground. Uh, but I think it was understood by everyone. Uh, apparently, it was reiterated again because of what happened in the final last, uh, the A-League Grand Final, where he was sent off, but he was allowed to hold up the cup and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. The FFA saw that and said, no, we made a mistake there. Uh, he's not allowed. To, they got this edict that you're just not allowed to be part of anything almost in the stadium, can in the view me, of anyone. Can you tell me why? Uh, well, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, that's their rule. Apparently, it's not a consistent rule throughout world football. So, But, but everyone knew that rule. Everyone, know, especially after what happened last year. We need to change the rule. Okay, we can change the rule. The, but, rule, the rule's there, that's fine. Yeah, but but, uh, but, but people, for people to now come out and ridicule the FFA, after FFA, this rule's been... You know, something that's uh, that's it's been there for a, a long time. In fact, it was there for the A League Grand Final, but you know, no one policed it, and that's why he was able to do what he did. You know, and really, Carl Valeri, I love Carl Valeri. He's a magnificent captain, and everyone at Victory loves him. So yep. he deserved to be up there, but the rules stated, which everyone knew, that he wasn't. So the uproar since... The rules uh, get changed, Carl. Yeah, that's true. They can change rules the rules. Rules get changed. Yes, uh, yeah, that, that, but you don't change it on the night because suddenly it's not fair to a nice guy like Carl Valeri. For example, someone raised this really good point with me the other day when we were talking about this. And, uh, and they were saying, well, the rules should stay the rule. And I said, well, you know, it was a bit unfair. He's a good guy. And like, oh, no, but how about John Cosmina in the, in the grand final, his behavior, you know, um, you know, it, when victory won, what, 6-1 or That's, something in the a, in yeah. a, A-League grand final years ago. Oh, Johnny do. Well, he was sent off. I, think, I believe he was sent off or, he, or Ross Aloisi was sent off. Uh, but the the behaviour of that of that whole team was just an unsavoury sort of way about going with that. You know, the, the, I think they were protesting a lot or whatever it may be. Yeah. But if we had a, some serious violent conduct, uh, where a player has just gone out of control, got sent off, but it's a final and the captain of the club, would you welcome him back? Because you know, but isn't the contest finished? Isn't the contest over? Well, 
th- that's the rule that needs to be looked at, that whole thing. But I can see why, if you've got the rule, why you've got to stick by the rule. Because let's be honest, how, yeah. in the, in the, that example you raised there, how often do we see that where there is just absolute carnage from, from someone who would be have to be a captain of uh, the look, team? Look, I'm, I'm loath to use this example because I think this guy has done everything in his power to put the past I behind know, him. I know where you're going Yeah, exactly right. Yes. And we're talking about Kevin Muscat's yes. tackle on uh, Adrian Zara. Yep. I mean, that was ugly. That was regrettable. That's something that everyone wants to forget about. If that was a final, mm. Kevin Muscat captain, and he was invited... I don't even know whether Kevin would want to come out and hold up the cup after that. I mean, it was just... It, that was one of those moments that a player almost lost his head. And if... Would you... I think that's what maybe they were thinking about when they raised that rule. Now, I'll leave it up to people outside. Yeah. Would you... I mean, if Kevin Muscat came out and held the cup in those circumstances, he probably would be booed, you know? Uh, there probably would be, you know, it could be, un, you know, not by the faithful. Well, not, not by, by the, the faithful, fans, and maybe the, look. I, I don't know what it. I, I, I don't know. Would do you have a problem with a situation like that where someone came back onto the field and did that? If the rules there, I think it's for that. If, but I not agree come back you. onto the field. No, I'm not suggesting yeah. you come back onto the field. But if there's a presentation ceremony, which is not even on yeah. the field, like because it's cause yeah. to the word to the letter of the of yeah. the wording, true. He should be able to be there, Carl because it was just the yeah. field of play. Yeah. Look, I don't, good. I don't mind if they get rid of that rule. I don't mind. But if the rule's in place, yeah, no, that's uh, fine. You know, for me, I the uproar around it since. I mean, the FFA made it really clear to the clubs and the players uh, that that's what was going to happen. So. You know, and I don't think the clubs have actually complained. I think it's just been media commentators and and fans, and because I thought I thought they were really gracious, Melbourne victory and Lee Broxon's speech on the stage was fantastic, saying, "Well, yep. I'm not the captain. I shouldn't be here. Carl Valeri should be here." I think that's really, really humble, and I think that was a really way good way of dealing with it. Uh, and I thought the club, and even later on, when, when Carl did sneak onto the ground in their celebrations, uh, Kevin Musket awarding if, him the uh, the medal. I hope the FFA didn't see that because <laughs> he was on the field of play, Carl. Well, there you go. Uh, and someone says off the SMS too, it's a big difference between a straight red and two yellows as well. should only be banned if it, just someone's ado- adjusting the rule here. And that's, okay. that's cool. Um, if it's a straight red. Sure. Then maybe, and maybe that's that's got validity. But I think the, the game is over. The contest is over. I don't see yep. how that could be such a big issue after the contest is over. Anyway, we'll get some calls. There's uh, people want to talk about that, Carlos. Tom in Hoppers Crossing. G'day, Tom. Hey, boys. Um, I just think that it's the, the punishment is uh, is way too uh, generic because quite often from time to time the, um, the referee can make a mistake and you'd hate uh, someone to get uh, sent off, not be able to accept you know that special moment with their team um, if a referee makes a mistake. So they could do it the other way. If you get sent off, you're entitled to, to get up with the rest of your team unless it is something that's clearly violent or unsavoury. I suppose that's my argument. And I, I, I don't mind them removing this rule, by the way. But yep. uh, if you've got it, that, that's my only argument. If you've got it and everyone knows about it, why, why the uproar? you just got to accept it. Well, Change there was the no uproar from the victory, was there? No, no, there was no uproar from the clubs yeah, and well, the players. I thought they d- dealt with this beautifully. So it's an assessment of the, of the, yeah, the, the, the rules uh, as they sit currently. It's, it's, it's been the media commentators more than anything uh, that have uh, come out and talked about it. And I'm thinking, well, you know, everyone knows the rule. Uh, yeah, get rid of the rule and we'll worry about the outcomes later. But, yeah, uh, but don't complain about the rule if it's already there and everyone knows about it. We'll get to Craig uh, before we move on. Uh, Craig in Montrose, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, guys. Um, look, it's pretty. I don't think he should be banned at all. But uh, you know, if the uh, 
FFA want to be anal about it, it's uh, pretty simple. If you get two yellows, which leads to a red, you should be let back on. But a blatant red, which is normally for something that's, you know, totally uh, unacceptable, you should, uh, you know, then you should be uh, not allowed to be get back on. Because bearing in mind, I mean, some referees like to hand out yellow cards, like Santa Claus <laughs> hands out lollies at a Christmas pageant. Willy-nilly style. Well, especially the guy we had on Saturday. He loves handing out yellow cards to us. So it's, it's really unfair. Two yellows, you're allowed back on. A straight red. No way. So it's pretty simple. Alteration to the rule. It seems to be the consistent theme coming through, Carlos. Thank common you, Craig, sense. For your I like call. the common sense. Well, this is what we get on halftime. This is what we, <laughs> you sound surprised, Carlos. Well, we, we have the 11 o'clock at night show also. <laughs> 11 to 12, yeah, Wednesday nights, right. Fort Diego. <laughs> Don't forget them tonight. So they'll be going through this and a whole lot more, as will we when we return with Carlos Alberto Diego. Carlos Alberto Diego is with us on halftime on a Wednesday afternoon. You're over the hump, by the way. Congratulations for the working week. Downward run to a massive sporting weekend, which includes a Thursday night extravaganza with Australia v Kyrgyzstan at uh, Canberra tomorrow night. More on that shortly, but uh, just before we leave the FFA Cup, Carlos, you had, during the break, Yeah, I, I've seen some bees in yeah. some bonnets, oh, but yeah. I'm not sure mm. I've seen a bigger bee in a bigger bonnet. <laughs> Watch you go. Well, why wasn't it a full stadium? Well, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I've started off very unprofessionally there because I've been I've been going on been during the ad break you about had, this. So I started professionally then. Now it's got me up to the. <laughs> I've got the, uh, the high good, pitch, you yeah, know, response. Go over all your good stuff. Again. Why wasn't this a full stadium? It's a great question. Okay. Opportunity and missed. When I saw it, I'm tweeting out saying, "Why isn't it a full stadium?" All the victory fans are saying, "Well." The victory, uh, the FFA are taking the Mickey. They've, uh, you know, the tickets are between forty and eighty dollars to get in, and uh, and we're just not going to go. And uh, we still love our club and all that sort of stuff, but we're just not going to be taken as mugs. Yep. And that's how I saw it through social media and so forth. So why weren't these tickets, twenty dollar tickets, ten dollar, just fill the stadium? Fill it up. Because everyone's eyes, I mean, everyone's been going on about how great this FFA Cup has been. Got a lot of positive feedback. I mean, even clubs like Hume have been on the Channel 9 News, would you believe? Okay, that's just, you know, if you talked about this five or six years ago, people would laugh at you. Yep. But by the way, they're on the news for good things rather than crowd violence or anything like that. So, yep. uh, so when obviously Channel 9 and Channel 7 and Channel 10 are showing this on their, on their news reports... Surely the vision of a full stadium would encourage people to say, oh, I've got to get to a game next year. I've got to follow a club. I've got to maybe the local club is Hume or Bentley Greens. I might get my kids to join that because look what they've done. Uh, but you suddenly you've got a half-filled stadium in a final that everyone's, you know, in a competition everyone's raving about. It makes no sense. I want to know who was sacked in the morning after that. Do you know there was a sacking? No, because the FFA came out and said, oh, we can justify the prices. Well, you can't justify the prices because it wasn't a full stadium. It was a disappointing outcome. Yep. I'm fully with you on this. It was a great opportunity. I spoke about this yesterday on the run home. Mark on the Ox were talking about it. And it could have just been a 20 buck flat mm. rate. If you want to go 20 bucks, book online, book at the door, whatever you want to do, just get here and fill this place. Absolutely. I have no doubt mm. that had it been a $20 flat fee mm. for anyone, to pop in and say good day, it would have been they would have been hanging from the rafters, Carlos, to Half. be a part of that moment because it's a, it's a final. Yep. Particularly if you're a victory member, you're going for the, the three trophies on offer. It would have been a great night to be there and celebrate that opportunity and in the end celebrate the moment. But because it was up to eighty bucks for the bleachers, yep. I'm not going to that. Well, it's I just because hope... it's over and above. It's not part of my membership. Absolutely, it's over and above. Absolutely. I hope the FFA 
have realised finally and forevermore that football fans won't be taken as mugs. Even on the morning of the game, I heard that uh, that the I don't know, I'm not sure who sent the message out, but uh, that the the tickets are suddenly discounted. You know, I mean, how about the other people who did pay their eighty dollars, mm. and suddenly on the morning of the game. Yeah, just to try and get the numbers up, because yeah. obviously they're, they're, they're panicking about the fact that they're not going to get the numbers. Uh, they're, um, they're, they're, they're discounting tickets. I mean, how amateurish is that? You're getting a refund for your full price ticket? Well, I don't, think, I don't think that was offered. So that's amateurish. And I, by the way, for years now, I haven't gone this, down this line with the FFA because I think they've run the game pretty well. For a difficult game to run with all the different priorities and all that sort of stuff, you know, different... Uh, you know, uh, you know, investments in different parts of the game. I understand limited resources. They need to stretch and sometimes they're going to be criticised. But for this one here, this is amateurish. And it's so much so that someone should be sacked over it. Let's sack someone. Yeah. Ted in Footscray, who are you sacking? <laughs> well, the head of FSA, please. Right, no. Listen, no, I, I agree totally with you. You guys stole my fund. A friend of mine paid big dollar to go there and saw some friends up in the crowd there who paid the discounted price. And so they've paid big dollar, while the other guys paid, you know, 20 bucks or they paid. So mm. it's a big, big, big um, mess up there. And the other thing I was going to say is, why wouldn't they play it in Perth? I'm sure Perth would have sold out. Well, I'm not sure about well, that, Tim. I mean, bucks they, a pop, they I mean Perth are on their high horse at the moment thinking the game should be over there. But look, they haven't earned that, right? I mean, it's not like they're West Sydney Wanderers to pack out their stadium. If Perth ever reached their potential, and we saw the potential back in the old NSL days, they have not recreated that at all. So they don't deserve it either. I don't know what judgment the FFA made by picking victory over Perth, because it's not like you got, you know, in, in the league, you finish on top of the ladder and you yeah, get the yeah. right. Uh, I don't know on what basis. It just seemed like a money-grabbing exercise, thinking, okay, we'll put it in Melbourne. The victory fans are schmucks. They'll pay the money. <laughs> the schmucks. Right? Uh, and but I, I'm kind of hoping that they've learnt a lesson from this. Oh, I think the the feedback is loud and clear, like mm. uh, from Ted. Thank you, Ted. You're in the running for the UFC tickets. Mix in Kings Park. Hello, Mick. G'day, boys. How are you? I just yeah, my sentiments exactly with the last caller. I had friends that that went to the game on Saturday, and they said, you know, the FFA just, as you said, Carlos, that that you know it was a money grabbing scheme, and if they thought that the victory fans were just going to say, oh yeah. It's played in Melbourne. We're the sporting capital of Australia. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I'll pay the 80 bucks. And they thought they weren't going to vote with their feet. Well, mate, it was egg on their faces on Saturday night because that could have been a really, really good mm. atmosphere. You know what I mean? And they just wrecked it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at the picture in adver- advertising. I'm looking at sp- pitching to sponsors. Yep. You're going to show them video of full stadiums and with the with the uh, you know the grassroots clubs they they filled their stadiums that was really great yep. suddenly you get the vision of the of the final the sponsor is saying how come there's no one there why is there gaps in the crowd i mean it's just the visual kills it if you're trying to sell it as a really big competition i'm just about to high five you i agree with you mm. that hard uh, uh, thank you mick for your call john's in mooney ponds hello john yeah hi guys how are we oh, good, good night yeah I, I i went on saturday night up Paid thirty dollars for a seat um, with a uh, apparently uh, well not a hundred percent view, but I would just sit anywhere. But then I spoke to people who yeah paid had astronomical figures given to them over the phone. Uh, it's just you know what, uh, let's not beat around the bush. They held it in Melbourne, like you said, Carlos, because they thought we're going to get a sellout, and the crowd, the, the your average supporter fan member has spoken out and hope to send a message home. 
I, I just, you know, going the 15,000 final is a final. It was just, yeah, just totally disappointing. I, I read your um, tweet during the game, and I read and I read David uh, Davidovich as well. He said, uh, you know, a big own goal to FFA, and that couldn't be described any better than that. It's just poor disrespect, and it doesn't make the A League, especially when you've got two A League players, it just gives it more ammunition to to old school. Um, left a bad taste in your mouth, Johnny. That's what it's done. It's left a bad taste in your mouth and a lot of people's mouths out there, mm. Carlos. Uh, thank you for your call. Another Johnny, this time just around the corner in Richmond. Hello, Johnny. Uh, hi, guys. Yeah, just on the, the FFA Cup game, uh, you look what happened, well, what's happening in England at the moment with the EPL. I mean, there's massive um, you know, price hikes there and there's you know, protests uh, pretty much going on you know, on a monthly basis over there. I mean, you don't want that happening here with the with the um, A-League uh, and whatnot. And, um, you know, you look what the AFL have done this year. I mean, it's a small thing, but at least it's a big thing with, uh, you know, the, the lowering of the, the chips and the coke and whatnot and all that, like to get people through the gate again. Is that affecting the crowds in the EPL, though? No, it, it, not so it's much. I mean, it's club... a supply and demand, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, it really, if any crowds get um, affected in the EPL, it's usually the teams in the bottom half. I'm not talking about Chelsea, by the way. They fill their stadium all the time. Yeah. It's worse in England because of the um, like the, the TV rights money that they get is just astronomical. And people are saying, mate, you should be opening up the gates because the attendances aren't your major... Uh, sort of income streams over there. It's the TV rights. I mean, they should open up their gates and let people who can't afford, you know, their pay TV over there come and watch the games because they don't need the money as much as the FFA needed here. I understand they're looking for uh, income to fund the game. It's not like they're looking for income to put it in the pockets of uh, of David Gallup and, this and Damon DeBowen, for example. But they've they've got to learn from this. And I don't have a problem so much as long as they learn. Fill the stadiums for your big events, like the A-League Grand Finals have been. Yeah. Uh, obviously, people will pay the money for that. Uh, fill your stadiums, and then you can sell out vision and, and what that looks like to people who will fund the game in the future. But you've hit the nail on the head. Thank you, Johnny, for your call. People will pay for an A-League Grand Final because it is the pinnacle of the game. Is this And this SMS from Emmanuel and Caroline Springs, you should expect to pay more for a cup final. If it's an established, long-running, mm. historic, traditional event, this is the competition we've been going two years. Yeah. This is not the cup at the moment. It's a cup, and it's important, but it's nowhere near in the position of the the A-League Grand Final where in the prestige and the um, the treasured possession that it has in the game, in the spot in the, in the game. So yeah. until that time has come, it's a great competition. It's got a great feedback, mm. as you said. Until that time comes... Fill the bloody stadium. Mm-hmm. Get as many people engaged in the product as you can and then start to build. Then rip them off in five years' Get time. Get them down the track. <laughs> but give us a chance to warm into it and start to and learn to love it so we can't not go next time, Carlos. Absolutely. But we had a choice not to go. Mm. And the Melbourne Victory supporters, the Victorian supporters, the Perth supporters that were here said, up your mm. jumper. I've got other stuff to do. I'll watch it on the box with nothing. 24 to 2. Carlos Alberto Diego, 20 to 2 on halftime every Wednesday. Don't forget the boys all back together tonight from 11 p.m. till midnight. The four Diegos on SCN. Now, uh, tomorrow, Carlos, mm. we take on Kyrgyzstan at Canberra. We're well, part of the World Cup qualification process. We've got the Deshis next Tuesday in Dhaka. Yeah. Uh, the, the Aaron Moy inclusion into the Socceroos team. Yep. Not, not that it's just for this one, but how big an issue is that going to be for. Um, Melbourne City, yeah, because he, I think, Edge Postacoglu came out yesterday or the day before and said he's not only the best player in the A League, he's the best player in the country at the moment. 
Yeah, well, uh, that doesn't surprise Ange Ange said that? Uh, I, look, said a, that. a few people have been saying, I, I don't know whether Ange would have said that. He doesn't tend to single out people. But I'm going to that game tomorrow, by the way. I'm, Are tomorrow, you? Yeah, I'm, I thought I'd just pop into Canberra and just see the boys. I think it's a, a big enough game, enough riding on it. Uh, for me to make the trip up there and uh, and just catch up with some friends and watch the game. Yes. But, uh, look, we've got Costa Barbarossa. So, I mean, this gives you an example. And, by the way, Aaron Moy's done that before. He's flown from the Middle East. Yep. And on the morning of the game, joined Melbourne City and played half a game. Was that against Sydney? I think it was against Sydney. Yeah, it Sydney. was against Sydney. You're right. Yeah, so this is – look, this is a lot of a professional footballer these days, really. And I don't know if you, if people really – it's up to the clubs to manage it. Yep. You know, you, you want to play Friday night. They play yeah, West that, Sydney that, Friday that's night. That's right, and they and, and you know you, you have the you want you strive to bring these players into your club. These these match winners, the the, the players that make a difference, mm. and but you have got to understand these players also get to play international football, and that by the way puts them on in the shop window. Uh, shop window football international level is great football. It's good football, yeah, especially to get your transfer price up. So. You know, I think you've got to accept it, and it's a lot of a, of a professional footballer these years. Uh, you know, uh, at, at this time, so you know, yes, he won't. He might not be at his best, but he, they're playing in Australia. You know, yep. And uh, and of course, it's only you know, it's, it's only a short period, obviously, between the games. So I don't know whether whether City will play him if he's allowed to out of the camp. Uh, is he allowed to out of the camp because they've got the Bangladesh game? Uh, next Tuesday. Tuesday, so he, he might. I don't think I haven't heard anything. I think it's accepted he's not going to be available. They'd be flying on what Saturday? Or yeah, Saturday? but they don't tend. They don't tend to let the player out of the camp. It might be. It might be a special circumstances here, but I haven't heard that he's going to be released for the city game. So uh, you haven't heard anything, have you, Half? No. Well, yeah. all I know is I was reading a piece um, before Carlos and before work today saying that they were confident in being able to cover his absence. So whether or not he's not going to play because they don't want him to, because he's just played the night before, whether or not he's locked in camp, I'm not quite sure. Oh, he's in, he will be in camp. There yeah, you go. Bit of yeah. feedback for you. Yeah, absolutely. So they don't, they don't tend to let him out uh, unless there's a, you know, it's a three weeks with the camp and, they, and they'll let you go for, um, you know, for, the, uh, for that odd game if, yeah. if you're not going to play or if you, you haven't been training as much. But the, the one that's uh, the big one is Melbourne victory with Costa Barbarossa. New Zealand's playing Oman in the Middle East on Friday. And, of course, the big blue's on Saturday, and he's flying back in straight after the game for Saturday morning. And uh, so he? there's question marks about whether he'll be playing uh, that not. night. Or, well, look, they're, they're talking about maybe him coming off the bench or something like that, but he probably won't start. So he won't start, yeah, surely. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, look, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the game tomorrow night. I think uh, you, you've got your Tommy Rogic, uh, who is just in blistering form over there in yep. Scotland. And, yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing him play too. Yeah, so I mean, he's scoring some great goals. I think he scored four in 15 at the moment. So, uh, and he's getting a regular game with him and scoring important goals for him. He scored against Ross County. If you get the chance to get on the, on the web to look at that video, it's just a beautifully taken goal. And uh, he's been scoring great goals. Uh, you know, I don't think there's been any, I think there was one or two tap ins, but the, the rest have been really terrific goals. And he's just playing really good football over there at the moment. We're being tested, though. Matty Leckie's crook. Uh, yep. Jason Davidson's got a calf problem. Spranovich out with a calf problem. Matty Ryan's in doubt. And we're being tested. Absolutely, and this is the thing. After the loss to Jordan, I mean, every game you've got to win the probably the remaining four games to make sure you're going to be qualifying through the next stage. Yeah. So you just can't be complacent any time, and that's where I think that the good thing that's come out of the camp this week from Timmy Cale, Ange Postacoglu, and a few other players is they sort of let themselves down against Jordan a little bit, not because of effort, but because they just probably didn't 
you know, uh, didn't uh, stick to the game plan enough. And when they did go behind, the ability to to, to claw back that deficit, it just wasn't there. So uh, they're, they're, they tend to be a really good side against especially the lesser opposition if they take the lead and then go at teams to keep on putting pressure on. But coming from behind, that's maybe been something that might be a bit of a worry in the camp, but they haven't been able to prove that yet. So we'll have a look what happens if Kyrgyzstan gets something uh, early in the game, uh, how we react to it. How do um, opposition teams deal with our conditions, Carlos? Because we go over there and it's always really hot and humid and difficult conditions to play in. We find a way sometimes, unless it's Jordan, because they just keep beating us at home. Yeah. When they come here, uh, clearly a lot cooler, but isn't that not a more comfortable? They love it, yeah. More comfortable (laughs) situation to be playing the game in, not not really affect them as much as when we travel there? I think Kyrgyzstan would like to put in an application to FIFA to play all their home games in Australia. I mean, it's like the cricket. I mean... Every team that comes here to play Australia love the, the Australian summer of cricket. I think anyone who comes to play football here, it's not like the old days where our surfaces haven't been all... I mean, our surfaces are world class. Mm. They're talking about the Canberra surface being terrific all week in training. And uh, I think uh, the, the temperature is going to be just right to play football. Uh, they reckon it's going to probably have a little bit of stormy weather maybe beforehand. But uh, so what? I mean, a bit of dew on the, on the grass, a bit of uh, moisture in the grass. Who cares? I mean, that's just football for you. So I think that they would... Love to come here, and it won't be the conditions that beat Kyrgyzstan. I think the fact that they're against a, a really motivated team playing at, at, on their home patch that need to win, yep. I think that's what they've got to be more worried about. All right, we'll uh, have a bit of a spell. We'll reset, Carlos, and we'll focus on the domestic competition in the A-League after the break. That game tomorrow, 8 p.m. in Canberra, Australia v Kyrgyzstan, and Carlos will be there reporting back to us next week. Oh, well. I want an in-detailed analysis. Oh, you can... Make a phone call tomorrow. Actually, no, well, no, it'll be before the game, so it might be Friday. Oh, now, you, now you're pushing me back a day. Oh, no, no, no. Now you're pushing me back <laughs> See, a This day. should be a conversation with the producer. Is this right? how this is working, is it? <laughs> Carlos Alberto Diego is with us. Uh, talking the World Game at halftime. Catch all the Diegos together, the four of them, tonight from 11pm till midnight at Melbourne's home of Sport 1116. S-E-N. Now, uh, what did you make of last week's A-League games? Just the four, Carlos, as we build into this weekend's encounters. What did you make of the A-League games? Particularly Melbourne City's performance. Uh, yeah, they're messing with my mind, aren't they? Melbourne City, I mean, uh, they played so well over there. I suppose they were due. They were under a lot of pressure. The back's against the wall. They've received a heap of criticism uh, with their uh, you know capitulation in the previous round against... Uh, who did they, they play against? Uh, uh, Newcastle? Okay. Newcastle, Newcastle Jets. that's correct. And so they really had to redeem themselves and they did, they did in pretty emphatic fashion 4-2 win over there away from home. But the real winner for me, on the night was having uh, Harry Navillo back. Oh, when he came on, uh, I mean, the guy plays with a smile on his face. I mean, it, nothing nothing at all uh, phases this guy. And um, he's just such a talent. And when he came on, suddenly, fornarelli has been fantastic for them, but he almost had more opportunities because of the way uh, Navillo yeah, ran at right, defenders yeah. and created you know space and opportunity for, for Fornarelli to run into. So that's a huge win for them. They look a totally different side with those two playing uh, with each other in, uh, you know, in that forward half. So uh, let's hope that they can both stay fit and they can now string a few wins together, even though they've got Wanderers who are on a bit of a, a run at the moment this Saturday. Well, that's good home. for the competition, is it? Getting the Wanderers back in. Oh, sorry, it's this Friday night. It's this Friday night, yeah. uh, Amy Park. Um, yeah. Yeah, Amy Park, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's good to have the Wanderers up and about a bit because yeah. there was a bit of a missing link in the, in the interest in the competition for a lot of, point, a lot of people last year, I reckon, the fact that they were so bad because yeah. they were so good. Yeah. And then they were so bad, and they had such good following, and particularly their home games would be great to watch on TV. You talked about the full stadiums and what that does to the, the presence of the game in the sports community. 
It was such a letdown last year to their yeah. performances. And, and I'm glad it hasn't continued. Oh, it sort of looked like it was going to continue at the start of this year, but they've, you know, the, the, the fans are stuck with the club. But you can't stick with a club forever. You know, numbers would start dwindling if you're not winning, and uh, especially if you're going on a, on a on an un, you know uh, on a winless streak the way they did at different times last season. We just the Asian Cup kept everyone's interest. They didn't don't have the Asian Cup, uh, the Asian Champions League. Um, you know, to really get everyone's interest this year. They have to do well in the league. And the yeah. last two games have been really good wins. And the way they're trying to play football too. One player, I mean, Mitch Nichols terrific. He's been terrific. Probably their best player so far this season. But uh, Romeo Castellan is a guy who uh, at times is unplayable for them. And I saw him against Adelaide a few weeks ago. And uh, I think he had to go off injured. But he was uh, terrific uh, the way he, he's playing. And he's just getting better and better. He's, been, he's already with the club last year. But uh, the football he's playing this year is terrific. And the way they're trying to play is good. So it'll be a really entertaining affair on Friday night. A real challenge for Melbourne City to go back-to-back. Uh, well, that's the challenge for them. And particularly without Aaron Moy, as we say, mm. who's been such a leading light for them. This uh, this season and the last couple of seasons, or well, last season particularly for them, uh, Adelaide United are the story that they just can't get get away from. It's almost car crash stuff. Adelaide United, mm. isn't it? Just have won a game in five. They've had three losses. They've had the two draws as well. But languishing along with Perth is one of the amazing stories this year. Because I expected a fair bit of Adelaide. Yeah, look, I, I don't like to. I mean, uh, Guillermo Amor, their their manager, is. I think we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. We He's a Barcelona legend. Yeah, you, you know, you just don't. You just don't ever ever you want to criticise a Barcelona legend, but, you know, he may not be able to coach this guy. He might not be a coach. And maybe because of his name and he was a technical director, they've put him in after Joseph Gombauer left yeah. suddenly during the off-season. So just because he's got a big name, it doesn't mean he can coach. And maybe the players are realising that this guy can't coach. It seems like they're not playing for him. Uh, I mean, for Melbourne City to run right the way they did in Adelaide... Mm. Uh, when Adelaide needed to win, because they're a crisis point too, yep. uh, and really they they sort of they they were quite lame. So, um, and they got players like Karuska, Thirio, Isaias. I mean, these guys are great players. players We've seen them perform, haven't yeah, we? Uh, absolutely. I don't think. And Bruce Judo was playing. I mean, they virtually had their full side. There's no major player missing from that squad. So it makes no sense to me the way they're playing at the moment. They're they're in disarray completely. They don't defend. There's only one way that they're playing. They're going forward. There's no defence, and so suddenly guys like Navio and uh, Fornarelli and Moy were just running right in the gaps in midfield uh, for Melbourne City. So yeah, they're look. I I've got a feeling we've seen this before in Adelaide. Uh, someone will get sacked soon, it, uh, but it's someone unfortunate. Always get sacked because they probably he probably has done the club a favour by stepping in there, but he may well not be able to coach. The yeah. game needs uh, big games. Yeah. The, the the competition needs big games. The big blue this week, Carlos. Oh, yeah. Sydney, you're in hot form. You're atop the table. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would you be leaning towards which team in that one? Well, you know, we talked about you know the multi prong, the potent, prolific prongs that uh, Melbourne Victory are. Well. Uh, Sydney have got fantastic pillars in defence, and uh, they've prong only conceded. V, yeah, it's a prong v pillar. It is. It's a prong v pill, uh, pillars, and uh, they've only conceded two goals so far this season. So uh, it's going to be a really interesting game. But also, they've got uh, a couple of great players who can score for them on the break too, Sydney. And it's funny because I think anyone who plays against Victory will be playing a counter attack style football. Yeah. Uh, so uh, on the break, they might uh, harm uh, Victory, but. I think they're on the run at the moment. As long as they didn't celebrate too much after the after the FFA Cup final, they should be right, Victor.